0: Welcome to episode 39 of the Owl and Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend, Helen, and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to current events and pursue truth as we seek to live for Christ. Hi, Helen. It's been a while since our last podcast. How are you today?
1: Hello. I'm well, thank you. Yes, it has been a while, a bit out of practice
0: Yes. Yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? A lot of time has passed. Well, it's, it's a month, basically, isn't it? Just just over a month. And that's not intentional. It's just, I think life has kind of got in the way, hasn't it? Because we've had school, going back to school and college, obviously. And we had the end of the holidays. Because you had yeah. a holiday between our last podcast and this one. Have, have I, I got that right in my head?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, back um, when it was sunny and hot.
0: Yes. It's like it a was. long time ago now. <laughs> it does feel like a long time ago, doesn't it? It does. Um, yeah, because we, I remember we came and saw you guys we? on the, the yeah. end of, was it the end of your holiday? It was the end of your holiday, wasn't it? Yeah. Like it was, yeah, it was right um, so before we
1: went back to school. So, right beginning of September. Yeah, yeah it was lovely weather.
0: It was, yeah. be- being in the sea, yeah. um, which was great. Although, saying that, uh, apparently the sea is warmest in October. Did you know that?
1: I did know that. I I knew that this, about now, is a very good time to swim in the sea. I must yep. do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that is uh, always worth bearing in mind. Don't you put off going to the beach when no. uh, when it's October, because even though you might be freezing outside, uh, you, you'll be in the sea nice when warm it's warmest. Apparently, okay. that's what they say. I mean, it probably actually in reality doesn't feel like that, does it? Um, we thought we would do – well, actually, before, before I say what we're going to do today – um we've got uh, a few podcasts lined up haven't we so we got um we've got we another have. interview coming up which is getting we're looking really looking forward to that we've got a, a topic um around back to school as well haven't we which which yeah. should be should be good um and we've got another uh, a number of other topics that we're going to be be covering as well so there's a lot there's a lot in the podcast pipeline that's probably fair to say isn't it Helen
1: there is busy busy yeah yep
0: yeah. Yep. Um, so we've not we've not been just sitting around twiddling our thumbs as it as it were. Um so this episode, it'll probably be a, a slightly shorter episode, he says, <laughs> not really knowing <laughs> how long it'll be, but but knowing that it has to be fairly short. And we wanted to just share a little bit about how we both um how we both became followers of Jesus and and a little bit about why we are um uh, alert or what some people would call awake to what to what is happening in the world and just share something of those uh key parts of our lives foundational part of our lives with you just to give a bit of wider context i suppose but also we hope that it will be an encouragement uh to you and so it's going to be very much a, a sort of informal discussion and like i say we're not we're not going to spend ages waffling on so please don't worry but we really hope that this will be um good to listen to so Helen, do you want to go first? You wanna do you wanna tell us a bit about your um your I was gonna say journey. I don't like no. that word journey. Oh man. <laughs> I really don't like that word journey. Going to tell us about how you became um a follower of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Well, um my story, it's not it's not very dramatic. Um I grew up going to church um with my mom and my sisters, and um So to me, going to church was normal, just a little village, Anglican church, and um, I had very good Sunday school. And I think thinking back, um, I think, I hope this might be an encouragement to people who um, faithfully, you know, serve as Sunday school teachers or do things where they think, oh, am I really making a difference? Mm, And and I think very often you are making a difference, um, but you may never know it or someone may never tell you. So I had some really faithful Sunday school teachers um very good head teacher in my school so i learned lots of bible stories and and i would say i always i always believed in god and i always knew about jesus um and and i enjoyed being in church and i used to as a child help out a lot so um you know hand out the hymn books and uh take the collection and um then as i got a bit older i would actually love to read That we call it read the lesson, where you read the Bible, stand up in front of people and read the Bible. I was enjoying
0: doing that, and that that was um, a Church of England church, was it? Church
1: of England church, yeah, yes. So quite a traditional uh, church. But when I got a bit older, so as a teenager, you know, I started to think, oh, my friends don't go. It's getting a bit boring, Um, and that's when um, my sister and I met a girl at school very lovely lady now who um tim knows well don't you? i do know her well, um,
0: yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> and uh she came to our school and her parents ran a youth group in the local baptist church and she invited us along um and so i started going along to that and i would say that's when i really started to own my faith for myself and um wow. be challenged in my faith um so that was an amazing time. And I always say I think it's really important for uh, teenagers in the church that um, that they have something like that where they can uh, grow in their faith in those really tricky teenage years. So, yeah, so for me that was really important. And it. Um, I think that's when I started to uh, think through lots of questions because I, I was thinking the other day about um, – why I question a lot and why I like to uh find out about uh topics and discuss them and come to a, a view and particularly things that are a bit controversial. And I think that goes right back to my childhood. I've always been like that. Mm. Um and and I do remember actually one of the things bit before that in my church, because it was a Church of England church, um there is what they call confirmation, which is the point at which you decide to take on your baptismal vows that were made for you as a child, that yeah. you decide to take those on for yourself. So I went to uh, what they call confirmation classes with the vicar. There were a group of us. And it was at those that we discussed quite a few topics that come up in the Bible. And I remember that's when I started to think about um, uh God as creator and as someone who's has an interest in nature and biology I found that fascinating um and that's probably the point at which I started to really delve into um issues and look at different sides of arguments and um and you know start to develop a a view on things and that's never really never really stopped for me.
0: So it's always, so it's, the Bible has been instrumental in kind of helping you shape your worldview. Because you've, you've started, you've looked at it from an early age through what God says about himself and the world he created.
1: Um, Yes. Yeah. And I think as, as I grew up through my teenage years, I think that's when I realized that actually the Bible has, God has so much to say through the Bible. And that's when I, probably, through my later teenage years, that's where I started to actually fall in love with reading the Bible effectively, look to the Bible for answers um, and started to want to learn about what God has to say in the Bible,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Have there been any um particular points where you're, you you've you've felt that your your faith has really grown or or developed or deepened? um that you can look because sometimes it's it is difficult to look to sometimes pinpoint those um but has has there been any particular time that stands out for you helen
1: yeah i think there've been a few actually that would stand out i would say one would be leaving home going to university um so in my family n- no one had been to university so i was the first to go and that was quite oh, a big wow. step and yeah um it almost was not really a conscious decision. I didn't have a great desire to go to university. I didn't really know quite what else to do and other people seemed to be doing it. And I thought, oh, m- maybe I'll give that a try. Um, but I was very fortunate. I, I went to university and and straight away um I found some Christian friends. I found the Christian Union, which was which yeah. was amazing. Um, and I also got involved in the university chapel. Which, um, a little community there, and I sung in the choir, and um, and all of those things were, were really important, um, a real critical time for me in growing in my faith. so so I think that was a really important time. and And then later on, I think I would say, the times I've grown the most in my faith have been times of challenge. Mm, yeah. So whenever I've faced a big challenge in in my work or in some aspect of life, I think that's when i've I've been forced to rely more on god and and those are the times that i've grown, so quite often the difficult times
0: I yeah. Would say. Yeah, yeah 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 I think that's very true isn't it I think that's very true that our faith does does deepen and develop and and really grow when we do face face difficult times. Um but it's really I think it's really encouraging to hear, particularly, you know, in your 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 younger years. Yeah
1: <laughs> your oh, teenage it was a years, long
0: time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um where obviously you know you had, had, had your had your Sunday school teachers at, at church when you where you were growing up. But then when in your teenage years you also had, you know, people who came in as as youth leaders and and other other People in the church that you were going to for that youth group, where they shared some of their life with you and those with you, and and that has a, that has a real impact. And I think, that, like you said, Helen, there's such a need for that now. Um, and it's and I think it's it's harder now because there is so much because of what's happened in in our culture, in our society. It's very very difficult to 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 have the same sound foundations that that we had access to when we were teenagers um so i mean last week for example i was i was at an event and i heard i heard somebody who was talking about um uh, youth youth work they do and 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 a lot of what they were they were doing in many ways was, was 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 very commendable you know they were living on a living right in the middle of an estate, for example. They put themselves right in the middle of this really tough area to get to know and build relationship with people, which I think there's a lot of merit in that. And I think that's an amazing thing. But they they have that on one side, but then when they're actually, they were meeting with um, the the people they're with, they they were telling a story how in this particular city, the estate they were in was, was was on the edge of it, and it was during Pride Month, and they were with the young people that they were with were saying, "Well, we 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 want to go to the Pride event in in the city, but we can't really afford to get there." So, so this youth leader and other other people with with his organisation said, "Okay, well, we'll put on our own Pride events here where we live," and they got like a. LGBTQ counselor person to come and give have an open forum session, and it's like, wow, this is where this is where it's at now. So, so when we grew, when we had youth input, when we had Christian, and this this was a Christian, by the way, really. And so, um, uh, as far as I know, anyway, um, or claiming to be. So, so then, so when we had Christian. Uh, input at church it was much simpler do you see what I mean so now it's like it's 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 10 times 10 times harder to have the same same level of of kind of spiritual input spiritual guidance that the that we got
1: yeah Um, and and that is so critical for young people and I remember it being critical for me because you know when we when we think about teaching children we don't seem to have a problem with this in terms of them learning to read or do maths they need instruction they need to be told this is the way this is how to do it um but we seem to be nervous now of of doing this in terms of morality and how to live life but if we don't teach children they're not going to know, and ha- and are we expecting them just to kind of find out and work out a sense of morality just by trial and error? And because that is going to be a complete disaster. And I'm so thankful for people when I was young who um, who helped me to work out what is right and wrong um, th- through studying God's word and through. Um, you know, effectively learning what does God say is right or wrong, and not being afraid to do that. I yes. remember, for, as an example, I remember when I was probably quite young—maybe I was twelve or thirteen or something—and and thinking about, oh, well, you know, maybe one day I I might get married, and and um, I suppose it would be, you know, completely innocently, I thought. I suppose it's quite sensible. I imagine people probably live together and see how they get on and then they might work out, oh, yes, we get on. So we'd get married completely innocently. And then I remember someone saying to me, no, that's not right. That's not God's way. God's mm. way is that you get married first, you get yeah. married, and then you set up a home together and that's God's way. But you see, that's an example. If, if you don't teach a child, that is the right way. That is God's way then all they're going to hear is is what they hear from around them which is invariably the complete opposite of God's way
0: exactly exactly and and i i imagine now that that for many churches those conversations simply don't happen because mm. the whole transgender thing is so prevalent and so in people's face and on their radar that other things like you know, sleeping around, for example, or kind of the try before you buy type yeah. approach to, to to relationships is um is not given the um the attention that that it needs particularly in young young people. Um I, I um, but yeah I think it's it's so so important to actually proclaim truth and to and to help to help help one another but particularly help our young people who are having to um I mean, to really wrestle through some really difficult things, which we'll talk yeah. about in that podcast, I think on on the back to school thing, won't we? But yeah, yeah. Any, anything else you, you want to add there, Helen? Because it's 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 great to hear this, and I think it's really important to kind of give those those who have listened to to our podcast a bit more context about where we're coming from as people. Um, I think that's really good. We yeah. want to be honest with people and open as well.
1: Well, I think the only other thing that I remember is the as a young person finding really helpful was um and this was actually at university and I was involved in in organizing it we ran a Christian discussion group and we'd invite um different speakers to come and give us a little overview so we'd we'd choose a topic um for example it might be um abortion or capital punishment or um, evolution or just all all sorts of things and um, we'd invite someone to come and give a little um, give their view or their experience or sometimes an outline of of, you know different views that there are on a topic and then we'd have a discussion and we'd draw in people from christians from different denominations and also sometimes some people who who weren't christians but just were really interested um and one of my professors was involved in in running it and and i absolutely loved it i loved to listen to other people's views to be forced to think about my own view maybe i hadn't developed a view yet have a think about the topic maybe have a read around it um and and that's probably where I where I would say that that really developed my critical thinking and um, and those opportunities uh, I don't know I think many young people don't have those I'm so grateful for that mm. um, it was yeah it's just a really really helpful time
0: oh that's great that's great and it, yeah it is and like I say it is really important isn't it to to build those. Opportunities to to develop critical thinking and to understand how we should approach something, and perhaps not just to believe something simply because we're told it, but to no. test it and think, okay, is this actually actually the truth? Yeah, um, because but, the yeah. need
1: for that doesn't ever stop, does it? So no, it doesn't. Whilst you may you may form a view, you know, at some point in your life on on a particular topic, but. But all sorts of things, all through your life, will crop up, and new things will crop up. Where you're like, "Oh, I'm not sure what I think about that." And um, you know that ability to to think critically and to um, to look into something, to look into God's word, and what does He have to say that is relevant to to this, and to come to a view, and to be able to talk to other people about it, uh, is is something that's invaluable.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, tell us uh, about about, about you. me. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, similar to to you, I think in 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 a way, Helen, in insofar as you know, I've always known Jesus in in my life, and and the main reason for that is my, my parents were both believers. So, my my dad was a a Baptist um, minister. Um, I, I remember when I was about. Four, I think I must have been four or five kind of saying a prayer and 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 asking Jesus into my heart and I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment so don't get uh, just hold that thought but I think um just just on this kind of whole thing of growing up in a Christian home for a long time especially when I was I was a student I used to think I'd really I, I was almost almost had a kind of um a, a jealousy of of those who have my more of what they might describe as a Damascus Road experience, where they had a before mm. and after. And I think, wow, wouldn't that be amazing to have that kind of that that difference between this was life without Christ, this was life with Christ. And I think there is an amazing power in that as well. And and I I don't have that, but I think that is that is something that is that is quite profound. But I've come to look I've come to realize that whilst I might might not have that. What I do have is a deep foundation that is based on biblical truth that goes back through my whole life, mm. and and that has as I've got older that has really I've realised what a blessing that is. Um. So yeah, I think just moving moving on from there. So when I was I was kind of four, obviously, um, continued to grow up as as this conversation is testament to, and. Um secondary school, I think was a significant point in my life, certainly in my formation as a person and I remember a time that God God clearly spoke to me about something when I, when I when I was at school, but I went on from school, I went to university because when we' were at university we we still <clears throat> had the old world, didn't we where you didn't actually have to pay for your tuition so most mm-hmm. of the most of the people who went to university in our day, some would do it because they knew what they wanted to do, but a lot would do it because they think, well, I'm not really sure what I want to do, so I'll I'll, I'll basically um, kick the can down the road another three years and, uh, <laughs> and hopefully work it out as I go along. And what struck me about university was that I I foolishly thought, well, I'll try and keep a foot in both camps. So I had the foot in the the camp of the world, and I had the foot in the camp of the church. and And I I, I started going to a church as soon as I as soon as I got to um the place where I was at University which was Southampton and um it was a great great church it still is a great church and uh, but I tried to do this thing of, of balancing it balancing it out and it and it and it doesn't it doesn't work it doesn't work so following University I I I spent some time finding trying to find work and I couldn't find the work in the area I wanted to be so I ended up moving back to live with my my parents which was up north and when I was with them, I um I went to this this evangelistic event, which was in a place called Morecambe, which is is really far up north If those of you who know the geography of the United Kingdom. And there was a chap speaking at this evangelistic event called Barry Smith, and he was um a New Zealand New Zealander, and he, he basically is a well he was because he's he's died now, a Christian, a Christian preacher, a Bible teacher, he was author. He wrote um, I think it's seven books on biblical prophecy he wouldn't call himself a prophet by the way he but he was talking about biblical prophecy and he and he traveled around um extensively and and his central message was that there is no security in this world outside of relationship with God through Jesus Christ and that people should read the signs of the times and therefore find security in God and he this was back in the late 90s okay, He was saying this and um, so he would say he would talk about watch watch as world governments uh, groups begin to control nations through controlling things like oil or people and food. He would say watch as cash is phased out and a cashless society is ushered in the ultimate tool to control and manipulate people. And he, he he went on to say this would eventually include things like the Mark of the Beast system, etc. Um, he said, uh, watch for the formation of a new world order, a global government, which will eventually be led by a single world leader. they talking about the Antichrist eventually. And watch as a one world religion forms um, and led by the false prophet who will endorse Antichrist. Um, and he was quite... He was great to listen to very, very interesting and anyway at this at this thing in Morecambe, I I on the, there was a three nights event and on the second night I went I went forward so I just felt that that kind of you know the heart beating inside I just knew that I needed to go forward not to become a Christian for the first time because I already believed but to make a public confession of my faith to say, look Lord I' I want to you know fully turn to you, fully commit my life to you. And I think that's that's. It's around that time that I'd understood that to truly follow Christ is not about asking Him into my heart, as I did did when I was four. I mean, that's not even a thing in the Bible. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the the thought was there, but it's not it's not a scriptural thing. So, or or saying a prayer. You know, you'll hear a lot of people about oh, I've said the prayer. That's not a biblical thing either. Um, <laughs> it. it what i understood was that it's whether i follow jesus today you know whether i'm putting my trust in jesus today whether i'm relying on what jesus has done for me on the cross today and whether i'm yes. looking forward to him coming back today that determines whether or not i am in christ and so yeah i went went forward there and then actually what came to mind after i remember getting home that evening and and i remembered this thing that god had told me that he wanted me to do when I was at school, and this was like ten years before, previously, and I thought, right, I'll do that thing, and I and I and I I did that out of obedience to God, and it was quite a radical thing, and my my life changed quite quickly, actually. <laughs> and I went through a really really difficult time, and God did a lot of work in my in my life, and I I gained that clarity that you get when you 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 start becoming. Um, serious with God and serious for God, and anyway, so I was working. I started working in Dewsbury, which is a place in Yorkshire, for um, a, a charity, and there was an evangelist there who was who was particularly, you know, had a, a quite an amazing ministry over in europe and and he was very awake to the dangers of things like the european union and what was happening there and the symbolism involved and what was really going on and that was starting to stir in me i think oh this is interesting i didn't realize this and at the time my dad was also saying to me look tim you know you should read this book you should um have a look at uh, have a look at this stuff and i would be saying oh i'm not really sure that looks a bit boring you know <laughs> but actually he was right he was totally right um and incidentally, you know the, the 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 Barry Smith books. I've got one of them here, one of his seven books, and on and and they're all they've all got quite um, they've all got quite bold titles. So this one's called Second Second Warning," <laughs> and it's got on the front of it's got a computer screen. And it says, "Attention, arrest John Citizen, class unmarked, detain, mark or dispose." And uh, that's where he talks about all the the biblical prophecy um, stuff, which is very, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think what I essentially learned to do was kind of squirrel things away that, that I'd learned. So things about the European Union, like they used to have this poster. I don't know if you, you remember this, but they had a, they actually had an official EU poster. This was in the late 90s of the Tower of Babel.
1: No, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I yeah. don't remember. Yeah,
0: because, no. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the um, – now – I'll I'll get this part wrong, um, but the it's one of the EU buildings. I don't know if it's the one in Strasbourg or the one in Brussels. I have a feeling it's the Strasbourg one, but but it's one or the other. And it's actually modeled on a kind of Tower of Babel type oh, type building. Nice. And the, the the symbolism is 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 blatant. It's in your face, literally. It's in your face. It's like telling you it's all there. Um, so I thought, okay, this is interesting. Just just put this stuff to one side, but I'll think about it, not not to become kind of obsessed by it, but just stick it in the back of your mind. And um I was as I was preparing for this, I remember when I went I've been to Ukraine quite a few times and I remember I was there in the early two thousands and I was talking to two of the people that I was with in Ukraine. And I was mentioning about this chap, Barry Smith, who a few years previously I've been sitting in Morecambe, and how Barry Smith, this New Zealand evangelist, he, one of the things he talked about was the dangers of the World Health Organisation and, and basically how evil they are. And I was recounting this to these two people I was with in Ukraine. And they it was quite interesting because they, they basically poured scorn on the very idea that somebody could dare to criticise the World Health Organisation. Well, fast mm. forward to now... Yeah. And who's right? The two people in Ukraine or Barry Smith? Well, it was Barry yeah. Smith all the way. Um, so this is what I mean. It's like putting things that you hear in the back of your mind, saying, "Okay, I'm not going to become consumed by this, obsessed by it, but it is important, and we'll just wait and see what happens." Um. So yeah, I think I think that it, that's kind of I think my key kind of journey, and since then I've been through many um, different. Different experiences and, and challenges, but um, going back to my kind of what you were saying, Helen, about why why you kind of think for yourself, that becoming a critical thinker. I think it is partly the people we are, but I know for me, one of the kind of the key um, ingredients of that was was when I was at my at secondary school, um, and uh it, it was a it was a it was a boarding school, so it wasn't a normal secondary school in that sense but it it, it was that was very influential in me not accepting things just because we're told something. And, um, I found myself I kind of railed against the system in the school. um, so for example, they they had something called um fagging, which, if you don't know what that is, is basically somebody who's older than you, they tell you to go and do something for them, and you need to go and do it. So it might be you know, go and get them some food from somewhere or polish their shoes or make him a hot drink or something like that. And it was just the culture of the schools like that all all over the country that that's what you did. But I kind of found myself railing against that because it's it's not good enough to do something just because somebody tells you to do it. There has to be a reason. And I learned that there's a cost to that as well. So Mm. there is a cost to challenging the status quo. Um, But those were important lessons for me that I think have contributed towards certainly me questioning things now. Because when we do question things now, especially as Christians, there is a cost attached to that. And I think this is why so many people in churches today don't consider the, the serious situation that we now find ourselves in. We live in unprecedented times, don't we? Mm. And I think if you understand that or start to understand that, there is a cost attached because what happens is it upsets your, your world view. And when something upsets your worldview, you have to deal with that. You have to work out what I'm going to do. And and a lot of people, understandably, don't want to do that. They'd rather not know. Um, mm. So I think that has been a a really um, significant thing for me um, in in this. Um, so uh, my encouragement to those listening would be: don't don't discount things. Always test them against what the Bible says and be prepared to always go after truth uh, recognizing that sometimes there is a cost to that and most importantly of all following jesus is a daily thing it's uh, my my uh, my my security is found am i following him today he's died for me he's paid the price that my sin uh, costs but I need to choose to keep following him um, because, you know, when dis- when some of his disciples deserted him, they just left, didn't they? Do you remember? Yeah. And, Pe- and he said, and Peter says, uh, he says to Peter, you know, are you going as well? And Peter just turns around and say, Well, where are we going to go? You've got the words of re- eternal life, so we have to choose to keep following Jesus. But as we choose to keep following him, he does keep hold of us. I think that's also really important to remember. But yeah, yeah. so. Yeah and but it's definitely a choice
1: isn't it when you said about you know it's not it wasn't just about praying a prayer or um you know in today's world lots of things are about feelings aren't they it's not they just a, yeah. it's not just a feeling it's about the choice it's about taking up your cross and following jesus it's an active choice um that we have and i, I was having a bit of a think about um this this thing of being prepared to take a stand being prepared to um do things that sometimes are quite difficult and have consequences which can be can be negative to um to doing what you believe to be the right thing and um i would say that that doesn't come and hopefully this is an encouragement to some that that doesn't come naturally to me. So as a person, um, you know, because you might think, oh, you have to be a really strong person or a really courageous person or a really bold person. Mm. Um, and I would say I'm not naturally any of those things. I'm 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 fairly reserved person, really. I uh, don't like upsetting people, so I don't like to um, you know cause conflict. I quite like to please. Um, so that doesn't come naturally to me, and and yet again, similarly to you, Tim, since quite an early age, I have been someone who um, has been able to rail against authority to some extent when I think that something's wrong. But I find that really difficult because to stand up against it, it, it it's like I'm fighting against this natural urge in me to to um, keep the peace and and to not cause trouble and. But, and I was thinking, but wh- where did that come from and, and why is that? And I think, I honestly think part of it is being so impressed with Jesus at a young age. So I, and and I always turn back to this. I love to look at Jesus and what he did and what he said. And he was so radical and he was so yeah. um, just incredible and like no other. And when something was wrong... He said it, and um, and he did something about it. And he he, it, it's just, I, I always say, you know, this thing of, what would Jesus do? Look at what Jesus did. Look at how he behaved, and and the way, particularly for me, like the um the time when he turned the tables in the yeah. you know in his father's house, and and he. Took up a whip and whipped them out, the the money changers and the people who were doing these bad things in his father's house. And where does that come from? That comes from a fear of the Lord. That comes from his complete devotion to his father, and and it comes from a total righteousness that which we can only see in Jesus. Mm, and yeah, um, yeah, and that's our model. That's who we are trying to be like is to to be more like Jesus which obviously none of us are ever going to manage perfectly but I think um, thinking back to the particular times I've had um, and over I would say over the last decade I've encountered two or three uh, really big challenges where I've had to make a choice to stand up against something that I believe to be wrong at some considerable cost and it's been really hard. But God has given me the strength to do it. And I absolutely know that I couldn't have done it in my own strength. And in one particular example, I ended up being pretty much the last one standing, determined to do what is right. And and somehow I managed to do it. And the the only way I could possibly have done it is in is in God's strength, the Holy Spirit helping me to do what in me is humanly not possible um
0: and and with that particular one did was the situation turned around or was it a case of you standing standing firm with what you believed despite the situation
1: um it it was a bit of both really i, I would say in terms of um in terms of the injustice that needed to be stood up against um the desired outcome in the end um was was positive so the person who was who was um doing some really awful things was removed from the situation so that was a good outcome um but what i what i learned and what was terribly disappointing in it all was the figures in authority and the people in authority um closed ranks um swept things under the carpet Mm. uh, moved the problem on to somewhere else that was very disappointing (laughs) um and you know and i've seen that happen multiple times including very high up in the church very very disappointing way you'd hope that good people would stand up for what is right but um that doesn't always happen and it's
0: it's no. very sad it's that that is that is sad i mean that's been my yeah. experience in recent church leadership where people have not done or stood for what is right and and the truth has been swept under the carpet and sometimes you can you can all you can do is is be faithful to what you 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 know is true and sometimes those around you will choose to ignore that and and like you say they'll sweep it under the carpet and and that that is where it where it lands um Mm. and that's very sad and that's very hard but i think this is what as as followers of Jesus, we are we are called to do, isn't it? We're called to be faithful despite the circumstance, despite whether something has a good outcome or not, we're still called to be faithful. Yeah. And that that's that's not easy. It's not easy. Um and this is why we've it's we've got to have this eternal perspective. And looking towards what is of lasting value, which is mm-hmm. essentially what is not of this world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that is that is definitely hard. That is definitely hard. Um anything else you wanted to add? Because I've I i do not know you might have a Bible verse. I, I've got a Bible verse. We might have both both got Bible verses. We might have the mm-hmm. same Bible verse, and that'd mm-hmm. be very unusual, wouldn't it? But I do have a Bible yeah. verse. But if you've got one, do share, do share one. Um, if you I haven't, have a, don't
1: worry. No, I have a couple actually. Oh, um, brilliant! Oh. You go with okay. yours first. Yeah, okay. Well, see.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll. This, this one was was one that is was very. I say was very. It is very. It's not past. It's present. Uh, it's past and present. Uh, and it's Matthew sixteen, verse twenty four where Jesus says, he said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And those verses certainly, you know, back in nineteen ninety nine really spoke to me and and obviously they still speak to me and challenge me today and those are very significant and continue to be significant for me um and I find them a real comfort as well to know that my my call well our call isn't it is to take up our cross to follow Jesus to to deny ourselves in order that we might find life and um that's not always easy but as um, I think, it's really worthwhile to remind ourselves. Just because something is not easy, does not mean to say that it is impossible. Because all things are possible with God. So,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what I was thinking, one of the things um, I I love the Psalms, and I'm I think um, I would really encourage everyone to read the Psalms and keep reading them. I think you know read a psalm every morning or evening um psalms are are, are amazing and mm, and so definitely. useful and so full of every possible uh human emotion and experience and um and also very often i think are helpful in prayer to pray the psalms um really really good really helpful so i'm going to read a little bit from um psalm 18 and um this well i'll just read it and and see what you think um you O lord keep my lamp burning my god turns my darkness into light with your help i can advance against a troop with my god i can scale a wall as for god his way is perfect the word of the lord is flawless he is a shield for all who take refuge in him For who is God besides the Lord, and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. And I think, um, you know, it goes on, these psalms are are amazing, but... um, that's uh, you know just an example of a really helpful passage that I have found and um and the the other one I was going to read from is is uh, along similar lines in in Ephesians and it's about this you know the battle that that we face and and I was thinking that that's something that um I've been aware of and and quite uh, comfortable is not the right word at all um Maybe have acknowledged that that's something that I'm in mm. from quite a young age, and and I wonder if it's partly I I used to read a lot of, um, kind of fantasy things, so you know, Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, um, and and these these stories of the battle between good and evil, mm. which fascinated me as a child, and and they've never you know I've, I remain fascinated with. And certainly that's what a lot of people have talked about over the last three years is an awakening to or realisation that we are in a battle between good and evil. And yeah, I think closely. an understanding of that is really important. And And throughout the Bible we are told that is the situation right from the very beginning in the Genesis story. Um, we're told that we're in a battle between good and evil. And if we don't acknowledge that, um, we're we're, we're going to,
0: struggled we have to acknowledge
1: that that, um that is the reality and it's only then that we are going to be able to be equipped and god is going to equip us and he promises to do that but we have to recognize that we're in that battle um so in ephesians 6 uh, verse 11 it says put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is against is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. then mm-hmm. it goes on to talk about how to stand and put on all the um, all the armor that God gives us.
0: Yeah, it's excellent. It's amazing, isn't it? That that verse in Ephesians. Um, or that passage in Ephesians, rather. It's fantastic. It's such a great reminder of what we should be doing. Well, anything anything more to add, Helen, or shall we?
1: Well, just a final thing, actually. Yeah, that um that I've been thinking about a lot recently. And again, I hope it's uh, an encouragement. I think the longer that I have been a Christian and the older I get. Um I become more aware of how far I still have to go, how far yeah. I fall short, yeah, how um, much I still have to learn. It's like, the more I learn, the more I realise that I have so much to learn, the more I know, the more I realise that I don't know. And yeah. it's very humbling. And I think on occasion, I, I've got a bit you know then a bit despondent oh why do i fail so often why 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 do i not do better but but i've come to realize that i think it's this is part of maturing and growing in our faith and the more that we uh, the more that we learn and see of jesus the more we realize how far for, how far we fall short and yes um, yeah. and that's not a bad thing as long as we're keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, because it's all about him and it's not a, about us. So it's not about um, how much I can achieve or how how good I can be, because <laughs> however hard I try, I'm always going to fail. Um, but we shouldn't be discouraged by that, because if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and if we keep trusting in him, then he is the one who's going to work through us. and And we are going to be, he's going to be able to use us more because we're going to rely on him and not on ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that I'm increasingly learning and, and, and it forces you then to, to surrender yourself more to him and to say, God, I can't do this on my own. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, I need you to help me. I need you to lead me. And I need, I need to trust you every day and not to keep, looking too far into the future but just to to take up your cross every day to to follow him and to and to trust him for you know in the lord's prayer we're told to pray for our daily bread Mm. not for for everything that's going to come but just for today and that will be enough
0: (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. that is so true that is so true and it's it's so important as as followers of jesus to 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 do this and to recognize this and and as we do this that that christ in his mercy he he helps us doesn't he 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 keeps hold of us as we keep hold of him and he enables us to walk ever more closely to him and when we make mistakes we can get back up again and uh, that's so important as well isn't it yeah well Hopefully, uh, shall we shall we finish there? Yep. yeah, great. So yep. hopefully that's been interesting for you. That's given you a little bit of context about us as people. Um, because I know that's it's, it's all it's often the case with podcasts. You might not really know a great deal about the people who actually do the podcasts. They they might you might know what they think about certain things, but you might not know too much about them as people. So we hope that's given a bit of context. But also most more importantly than that, it's given you I hope some encouragement as well. And um, Please do, as ever, share this podcast with those you think it would be encouraging to to help them with. And um, Do have a look through our, our back catalogue of um, episodes as well. We've covered a, a range of topics, which I'm sure you will find something that is um, of interest to you. So do have a look through those and again, share them with people you think will be interested. You can find all the, the main links on our uh, Linktree Page which is accessible through the Podbean uh, website, isn't it? That's right. Yes, and that the link tree also has um, links to Helen's Substack, which is really really good. So do check that out. You can obviously share the podcast all the diff- across all the different you know podcast um, sharing platforms as as podcasts normally are. And of course, if you want to, you can support the podcast as well, which is hugely appreciated because it, it does cost a little bit of money to do this, but that's um, always valuable when people do support us in that. And, and pray for us. Pray for us as we, we delve into quite a, um. well, if, if I say tentatively, feels like a, a, busier, a busier time for us in terms of podcasting, doesn't it, Helen? Which is a good thing uh, yeah. in terms of the topics we've got, but it's always good to do that. Right. I think we'll end there. Should we end there? Yep. Cool. Right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.
1: See you next time. Bye. The
0: Owl
1: and the Badger